Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Nobody knew his secret and- 
Bring it on. I've got this choppy video thing going on. No, no. No, no. Yeah, it's not over yet. He looks like a, a DJ or something. Stop it there. I know you're playing air guitar out there. I could see you all. Yeah, you are. Okay. Go over to YouTube. I know I know Periscope is choppy as always. I wonder when Periscope's gonna actually get where it works well. You know? Consistently? Yeah. <laughs> Consistently well? I don't know. Let's see here. Uh I am gonna go over to YouTube as well, and I'm also on Facebook. So, all right, so tonight, everybody, hey, it's Sunday. Yeah, it is Sunday. Hello, people. Good evening. It is 6.06, looks like. And uh, and tonight, so Randall and I earlier today, we were talking about, about network marketing and money. And, and this, this sparked... Um, uh, a, a YouTuber uh, made a video about is network marketing or multi-level marketing, whatever you want to call it, or direct sales, whatever, is it good for Christians to be involved in these companies? And um, so I watched this young woman give her opinion about the direct sales industry <laughs> And she actually, to be fair, she started out her her little YouTube video on the topic, uh, sharing how she's never actually been in a direct sales ministry, a direct sales company at all, right? So, in case you don't know, direct sales is like Avon, Mary Kay, uh, DoTerra, Essential Oil, Legal Shield, what I sell, um, you know. I mean, Rodan and Fields, Arbonne, uh, uh, Isogenics. I mean, it's just, there's like thousands of direct sales companies. And the complaint of this young woman, um, and she used the Bible to, to, to apply the principle that Randall's going to talk about tonight. The complaint of this person was that Christians shouldn't be involved in them. Uh, because they're basically pyramid schemes. Um, they manipulate people. Um, nobody ever makes any money in them. And those people who try to make money, they're pushy and they're evil and all this other stuff. And, you know, it's it, I'm watching this and I'm like, huh, you know, it's kind of, I mean, I totally get, I totally get where this kid is coming from. And she is a kid to me, so I'm going to say she's a kid. But I totally get where she's coming from because um, I feel that way um, when I meet another person in direct sales. I, I had, first of all, I admire anybody that can make a career in direct sales. It's not an easy thing to do. It takes a long time to build 
your company. Just like, and this is what I told this young lady, just like if you were going to start a franchise, let's say for, for like, like, cause I have Andy's on my mind, Andy's frozen yogurt, custard, custard. Okay. Whatever. So <laughs> let's say I want to start this franchise with Andy's frozen custard. So I don't know what it costs to buy a franchise, but let's say a hundred thousand bucks. Just to, I'm sure it's more than that. It's probably more than that. But let's just say it's a hundred grand. Okay. Crazy math, sure. Yeah. So you're gonna go ahead, you're gonna invest a hundred grand in building a franchise for this custard and you gotta figure out where it's gonna go. You gotta figure out how you're gonna market it, you know, all that stuff. And most brick and mortar companies don't make any money. In fact, well, here's the thing. Most brick and mortar companies go out of business within five years. And it's actually probably even before the five years, right? Most companies fail, people. Yeah, just okay? about 50% within the first five years. Yeah. So here's the thing. So if you're going to start your own company, a brick and mortar, you're going to spend the first couple years of your life eating, breathing, sleeping, that company, plus you're not going to be making money, most likely. Ask any entrepreneur who's done this, you will know that, right? So the interesting thing, though, is that in direct sales, they have this bad rap because uh -huh. you, you can get into a direct sales company for a relatively low cost, right? Just to give you just my own personal experience, $99 to become a Legal Shield representative was all it costed me. It costed me. It cost me. <laughs> I feel it costed right now. No. It it cost me to to sign up to be an associate so I could sell Legal Shield. Okay? In 2 years, let's say close to 2 years, uh that $99 investment has made me close to $7,000. Okay? So my my question then to you is was that $99 worth I mean was it a good investment you know that I spent $99 and I made close to $7,000 in 2 years I didn't make a lot of money and I can honestly tell you that I put way more work in than that money has paid me right and so anyway this young woman's point was well most people who go into direct sales uh they go into it because they they believe that they're going to they're going to be able to make lots of money. And that's really truly how it's marketed, right? I mean, most of these companies say, "Hey, you can work at home and make money on the side." Well, I'm going to tell you my my average income working at home for the last 2 years with with Legal Shield cuz I worked my compensation up was between $300 a month and $1000 a month, depending on the month and depending on what my my level of compensation is, right? I mean, you earn as you go, you you make more money the more you sell. Just like if you have a regular company, right? You you go to a job, you start at entry level, right? And then as you work your way up in that company, you earn more money. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Well, the issue is time involved. But again, in a regular company, Sean, you work... If you start on the ground floor, you're going to be working for nothing as an entrepreneur. And then you work until you make that money, right? I mean, it's it's the same thing. And so what I don't like about direct sales, 
what I mean, there's so many things I don't <laughs> I don't like about it. But this person was kind of throwing, you know, the baby out with the bath water, you know, and I explained to her in my comment back to her and, you know, cause she's like, well, this is feeding into the issue of greed. And I'm like, really? You got over a million subscribers on YouTube. You don't think you're greedy? You're making money off your YouTube videos. Why don't you stop making YouTube videos? Oh wait, I bet you when you first started making YouTube videos, you weren't making much money. But now that you have a big following on YouTube and people are watching all your old YouTube videos, you're making more money. That's just how it works, right? But she threw out anything good that direct sales can do, right? Like for example, in Legal Shield, uh, I believe he's the number two income earner in our company. His name's Darnell Self. I've actually invited him on my show and he's just super hard to get. He, although he said he would come on. Well, anyway, Darnell started out the same way I did, right? Bottom, built his organization up. This man has made millions of dollars in 20 years or so that he's been with the company. But you know what he does with his money? He's actually went into some other countries and built orphanages for children because he's a Christian man and he actually gives back and he uses some of that wealth to bring ministry to other people, let alone the fact that the founder of the Legal Shield Company was a believer himself. Same thing with Mary Kay. Mary Kay Ash, right? Mary Kay, you know Mary Kay, a believer. I'm, I'm pretty sure when she started the direct sales company, she didn't, you know, set out to hurt people. No, she wanted to help people and God blesses her work. Is Does it cost money to be a Mary Kay rep? It does. Yeah, it does. It's a model I choose not to get into because I don't want to have to buy product upon product upon product to, to buy in. And let's just be honest. There's a lot of shady people in the world and there's some direct sales companies that have done their people bad. You know, I mean, unfortunately, um, I just happen to choose one that's not about pills, potions, or lotions or anything like that. Um, I, I have one where I can, you know, it's a month to month. You, you can cancel it anytime you want. Why you would? I don't know. Cause it's a great service, right? So yeah. So Darnell, as well as Brian Carruthers, the number one income earner in the company, these guys give money to God's work, right? And for me, I can just say this. Without my direct selling experience, which frankly, <laughs> you know, Legal Shield has been it, uh, with the exception of, uh, um, what do you call, um, a year with Avon when I didn't know what I was doing. Um, you know, what I can tell you is that it's opened up numerous venues of ministry for me. I would have never met a lot of the people that are now my good friends if it wasn't for this, for Legal Shield, going out into the community meeting people. I would have never had uh, my friend Jamie say, hey, will you start a Bible study? I wouldn't be leading a Bible study if it wasn't for Legal Shield bringing me to a community where people were asking me, you know, hey, will you do a Bible study? I didn't go looking for that. That is the fruit of doing this, right? And um, so it's just kind of funny to me because you'll see all this negativity about multi-level marketing, also known as direct sales, and falsely accused of being a pyramid scheme because there are pyramid schemes. But what I do isn't one, and the majority of what direct sales is isn't, right? I mean, it drives me crazy. 
Um, so does money corrupt good morals? No, I don't think so. I think the love of money does. And I think that if you get into something for wrong reasons, anything could, it doesn't matter how you're making your money. If you're making money in, through direct sales, if you're loving that money and, and you're pursuing and you're being unethical with people, in fact, Darnell uh, was, has been doing these coaching calls for the company. And he actually talked about that the other day. He talked about how some people are shady, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> but he shared experiences that he's had where people, you know, have bagged on him and kind of looked down on him. Because I'll tell you what, my own brother looks down on me because I do this, right? Uh, he doesn't understand the scope of what we do with Bible News Radio. He certainly doesn't know the reach that we have. Um, but he completely poo-poos what I do with Legal Shield, and so does my sister-in-law. Neither one of them, I don't think, respect what I do. They won't even listen to me about what it is because it's direct sales, and no, I had it, and it doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, really? Because I have signed up about 100 people, and I have about 100 stories I could tell you, you know, from the people that I've signed up. So it's it's irritating to me that that... We, we need a voice for good people who are doing good stuff with indirect sales. Is it all, you know, easy? No, because if you want to make money in direct sales, it means you actually got to tell somebody about what you're doing. Uh, does that get old? Yeah, honestly, it gets really old. Does doing follow-up get old? Oh my gosh, I hate follow-up. I hate it with a passion. But you know what? In sales, any sales, it takes between five and 12 touches to get a sale. So if you're not willing to follow up with somebody, you're never gonna make it, which is why 99% of the people in direct sales don't make it. It's not because the model doesn't work, it's because you as a person don't work. You know, I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. And I will say this, cause I'm not really sure where, where Bareface wants to go with this. I will say that within the direct sales world, the benefit, and this is why I actually got into it, in case you guys don't know, is the residual income. You know, your insurance agent, whoever it may be, if you're paying for car insurance, you have an insurance agent or life insurance or health care insurance. That agent, as long as you pay them every year, is going to get a residual income from you paying that thing. And you know what? Most of them aren't going to give a crap after they sign you up and they're not going to follow up with you. You might get a happy birthday card that's generic and stupid like I do from my former agent, right? I mean, that that's it. But they're making money off you every year, you know? And here's the thing. In some states, like, you're required by law to have insurance. Well, why I got into Legal Shield was because of the residual income because I know within five, three to five years, I'm going to have some residual income coming in. And in 10, 15 years when I retire or God has me doing other stuff by the time I'm 65, Lord willing, if I'm still here, um, I'm going to have some money coming in. And, I, and what I can tell you is I'm not going to be working extra for it. It's going to just keep coming in. And is it because I love money? No, it's because I'm trying to set aside for my retirement. I see the cost of assisted living and stuff like that. And as a woman, I will probably outlive my husband right? I'm not stupid. I'm trying to prepare for my future. If I worked a regular job, I'm not going to have residual income coming in. So, you know, it's kind of like, why would I want to go 
spend like my brother spend all these years working for a company and then when he retires he's not gonna have anything except what he stuffed away but me i'm gonna have some residual income coming in because i'm investing that time now and that is part of the problem people look at direct sales as a get rich quick thing when they're not looking at the long-term benefit you don't get that long-term benefit unless you invest long term right I mean you know people you gotta you have to do that you have to invest long term it's not about you know <laughs> yesterday I was on Instagram and I happened to see a really cute video of a of a tortoise and on top of the tortoise was a rabbit and the rabbit was riding on top of the tortoise <laughs> I showed it to Randall because I thought it was so cute because, you know, it's not every day you see a rabbit on top of a turtle, right? Um, and they were real living animals. It wasn't like a cartoon or something. It was a real two, a, a real rabbit on top of a turtle. And it, it was funny because it immediately brought to my mind the, the, the story of the tortoise and the hare, you know, who, who finishes, who finishes first, who finishes last, right? I mean, you could do things fast and to go alone or you can do things slow and take a team with you and have better success, you know? Um, so yeah, anyway, so it bothers me that there's people out there that bag on the industry. They don't respect people who work hard. They certainly don't know the, the resilience or the gumption or the internal fortitude it takes to do sales. Uh, because if they did, uh, they would probably respect people who are in the industry a lot more. And that's, you know, that's what bothers me is that it's like the sales industry has this bad rap because there are a lot of slime balls out there. I used to work in a car dealership, so I know that, right? I mean, um, you know, but anyway, I could go on, but I, th this is why the topic tonight, I don't know, Randall, you can, you can share cause you do sales too. I mean, you sell your video service. Everybody who, anybody out there who's ever bought anything has been sold to, whether directly right. by an individual, a direct seller, or an ad that someone created, you know, that drove them to a landing page, drove them to a website, or you walk through, a, you know, some sort of store, um, some shop and saw the thing and because of the way it looked, whatever, it was designed in a specific way to be appealing etc you know you bought it everybody who's ever bought anything has been it's been sold to them right and just in short i think the direct sales model is a good model if i was if i had a new product bring it to market hey what well, i could either um you know hire a sales force which would be paying them the salary and setting up offices for them and phone lines and all that kind of stuff or i could do commission only not pay them a salary but i would still need to set up an office for them and phone lines or maybe pay for a car or whatever and for uh if you've got a product or a service you're bringing to market uh, a low risk way for the originator of that product or service is a direct sales organization no salaries there are commissions only um but you know there's no outlay you just pay them from you know, the commission from what, you know, a portion of what they've sold. Right. And so, and then there's a, and then the, and then you don't have to worry about really so much as, you know, 
sales managers and sales VP or whatever, the, the individuals are responsible for building their own organization, their own sales team. Right. But and I mean, you want to check in and make sure, you know, try to make sure nothing's been done unethically, you know, so you set standards for advertising, things like that. And, well, but, can I just add to that too? Because sure. the idea of recruiting, right? Okay. So uh -huh. what makes a pyramid scheme, a pyramid scheme is if you are paying, you, you're, you don't have a product. Yeah. Okay. You're, and they're paying you to recruit people, but you have no product. Well, let me just take Legal Shield as an example. Legal Shield, we have a product. It's a service. Mm -hmm. I don't have to buy the service and stock up on it and sell it. Like, say, with Mary Kay, they encourage that, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a Mary Kay agent. But what I will say is that um, one thing I don't like is is the recruiting aspect of it and, and how they they try to teach you to sell well if you appeal to this and you tell them oh you you can make this much money a month you know it's true you can i would say of the seven thousand or so dollars i've made with legal shield i can tell you that i worked really hard to earn the bonuses it wasn't the commission it was the bonus so you you mm -hmm. like i said three three hundred to, to under a thousand extra dollars a month for for a million hours of work, you know, my hourly wage wasn't paid but but, all. but what I will say is that if you recruit and you follow the incentives of your company, you can make some money. Problem is, most people go into these types of positions thinking that they can get rich quick. They don't know how to sell and or they're scared and they and they're not coachable. And frankly, direct sales is really a personal development type Indeed. of company if you are not coachable and you're not teachable and and you don't actually try you're not gonna sell anything you know i mean you know if you actually try you might actually sell something uh -huh. right i mean i remember my first sale i was like oh my gosh you know and they train you they give you mentors and and an upline and you know legal shield in particular has like overkill on personal development. You can't fail in Legal Shield unless you don't try. I mean, that's the bottom line. You cannot not sell something with Legal Shield unless you seriously don't try. Uh. Because there's so much training and, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, anyway. Just go on. Try to keep it under half an hour talking about direct sales organizations. <laughs> it's just but it but just yeah, bothers you, me though. Yeah, there's some people that say, well I don't like this idea of, you know, this sort of upline thing where if I you know, I make a sale then somebody else gets a cut of that and somebody above them gets a cut of that and that's just that's like a pyramid scheme. Well I would advise you to stop stop paying for auto insurance or get rid of your homeowner's insurance, or uh, you know, get rid of your life insurance, because it works on the same model. You've got the insurance company product, they've got Keller the brokers Williams, under them. They've, realtors. <laughs> they've, they've got the same agents model. under them. That's right. It's, it's, a, it's a hierarchical, it's a, it's a pyramid sort of structure. And, so. but here's the thing, in direct sales, I am at the level now of director, which is the same level my upline is at. So I gave myself a raise every time I did something. I increased my income. My upline didn't do it for me. I did it. That's so immoral. Because if you work, and you know what, I will probably pass my upline at some point. Because if you worked at just a 
a respectable W-2 job, <laughs> you would get promotions automatically. No, no you good, don't. Good, no, you get perform, you perform, you get rewarded for it. <laughs> right. Imagine that. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway. That's enough of that. So we just won. I, I had to vent because yeah. if we're going to talk about does money corrupt good morals, no. People, many Bad people. Bad company corrupts good yeah. morals. And people in direct sales companies who are ethical and honest and i've run into a couple of bad apples in legal shield i'm not going to say anything about that because it's everywhere right in every company but here's the thing if you're going to grow and you're going to move you're going to do something you're you got to put the work in anyway and the the numbers show just i'll just shut up after this the numbers show in direct sales if you want to build a team you need to recruit 10 people who into the business and one will do something so that means you have to recruit a lot of people to get a good team that's going to make help you make some money and you build your organization. That's just how it is. And a lot like government organizations. Yeah, it's the same thing with a company. How many people, I mean, I'd like to interview, um, you know, people who own their own companies. How many government people did you agencies. hire before you actually got somebody that did the job well? You know? Probably, I mean, we know restaurant industry out here is crappy for help in Tennessee, we, I mean, we've we've heard a lot. We know a couple from, of companies, from owners, restaurant that, owners, that yeah, that have gone down because they've gotten crappy help. They can't find good, good help employees. Yeah. yeah. With anyway, a good work ethic. All right. Bye, Sean. Nice so talking anyway. to you. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. He's, so, he has um, to go. That's all right. But anyway, go all on. All right. Uh, see Mark on Facebook. Yeah. John and Barbara than YouTube. Thanks for sharing, Calvin. Twitch, Mixer, just seeing what's going on, make sure I'm not missing anything. And Mia and um, Dan are over on Periscope, at least. All right. We have 6,000 followers so, on Periscope and four so people in the room. Yay. What, what came, what I wasn't giving my undivided attention, but just overhearing things, you know, it seemed like the major complaint of this young woman about direct sales organizations right multi-level marketing was was greed that it was all about greed and that's what made it so you know let's talk about no <laughs> you can't do these companies and be greedy i mean it's, i guess some people are but anyway so let's you're have to stick around if you're going to make any money so i want to take uh i want to take a look at wealth look at money and attitudes thereof so gonna get into the scriptures uh, let's pray, shall we? Father God, you're an awesome God, worthy of every glory, honor, power, praise, and blessing. And we are thankful for this, thy word, which you preserve throughout the ages for our instruction, for our equipping uh, in righteousness, that uh, we might uh, be transformed into the image of your Son, uh, Yeshua, the Messiah. Uh, Lord, uh, help us to receive what you have for us. Lead us into understanding. Um, Lord, be with my lips and my mind that uh, I might do justice to your word. These things I ask in the name above all names, Yeshua HaMashiach. All right. So I'm going to pop over. Uh, to Matthew 19, and uh, a famous encounter with, with our Lord, Yeshua, Jesus, and and uh, a certain rich young man. 
Where's my cross dissolve? There it is. It's, it's, it's a nicer, subtler transition. So, rich young man, we read Matthew chapter 19, starting at verse 16. And behold, one came and said to him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may inter that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none uh, good but one, that is God. And we can save that for another sermon. But, but if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He said unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not be a false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man said to these, All these things I have kept from my youth, what lack I yet? Now it's funny, because <laughs> um, the, you know, when... Uh, when when the Lord says to him, keep the commandments, what's his reply? Verse 18, which? You know, like, which ones? And then he comes back and says, oh, all these things are kept from my youth up. Well, there's something inconsistent <laughs> about him. Why would he be asking about which ones? Like, which ones do I have to obey? Well, if he's doing all of them, that wouldn't be a question. That wouldn't be a concern. Which ones? Anyway, again, another sermon. But Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, with God all things are possible. Now notice that the disciples, they were amazed at this saying, that how, how hard it is, you know, for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, that it's, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle, and that's exactly what it means. There's not some gate in... in in Jerusalem that's called the eye of the needle or anything like that. He's saying it's easy for a literal camel to go through the um, eye of a needle. But then they said, well, you know, who then can be saved? Why were they amazed if they thought, well, you know, wealth is uh, equated with debauchery and wickedness and evil people? Then they would have said, well, of course. You know, of course a rich person could hardly be saved. I wouldn't expect them to be. But they were amazed because... What they saw were the religious leaders who were quite well uh, men of the town and also perceived as very godly. And, you know, the, the poor um, not looked uh, so well upon. And so, you know, they're amazed. Um, so, so, in their minds, wealth wasn't automatically associated with wickedness uh just the opposite they had they were surprised when said there was well who then can be saved if you know if a rich person can't uh then who then can um so i want to look at some other scriptures um dealing with wealth i'm going to go ahead and take off the 
the line for the scripture reference because I've got several scriptures to look at. And normally I like to go, you know, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And admittedly, this is a topical study. Um, and I would encourage you to read all these, you know, verses in context and um, you know, read the entire Bible. But this is just an overview to pull out some principles that we see about wealth in the scriptures. Going to fast forward to the New Testament in James chapter 4. Um, James, writing to his audience, says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and ye receive not, because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy with, is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he gives more grace. Wherefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So, Saying, hey, the trouble you have in your life, the, the wars that come, uh, these fights and wars that go on and these conflicts, it's all due to lust. You want something, you don't have it, and so you fight each other for it. Now, he says, you know, but, you know, you have not because you ask not. We're, we're, rather than fighting for it and, 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 you know, warring for it, having conflict over it, we ought to ask for it in context. James, you read all of James. It's clear he's talking about asking, uh, asking for the Lord, you know, the giver of every good and perfect gift. And so he says, you have not because you ask not. You're looking in the wrong place. But he says, you do ask. And if when you do ask, you ask amiss. You have the wrong motives, you know, that you may consume it upon your own lust. You're asking you're coming to god with your never ever never ending shopping list um referring to the song from the 80s um you know that for your own pleasures the thing you're seeking god for you know uh it's just for yourself it's a selfish thing and selfishness is the is the is the character is is the is the character, you know, the chief characteristic of sin, because it's about me, 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 my pleasures, my wants, my, you know, it's all about me. And so we ask not and you have not because you're asking with wrong motives. It's all about what I want. And goes on to talk about pride because he doesn't say whoever, you know, God resists the the wealthy is God resists the proud because it's all about all about me and I'm number one, and and that is that is an ungodly attitude. Um, and so it's this selfish attitude. Going to go back Old Testament now in uh, Psalm fifty-two. And looking at verse 7 here. Uh, see, lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches, 
and strengthened himself and his wickedness. Um, so, and, and the whole thing is, you know, the tongue that divides mischief, thou lovest evil more than good. And, and this whole um, ungodly attitude is one of the things manifested in is is the man that has not made God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches, and strengthened himself in his wickedness. Um, so I can see why the Roman Catholic Church would have this vow of poverty. Well, except for the Pope and the Vatican and everybody there. Uh, but you know, for the common person that would want to uh, live a godly life, they have to have a poverty because you read some of the stuff and said well riches themselves and we less we trust in riches you know we want to trust completely in god and forsake having anything uh and i would submit to you that yes there's a danger in that and as our lord himself said it's hard for a man to enter the kingdom of god uh, who, who's wealthy, because there is that tendency to trust in, in, in wealth. And I could go back to, to Proverbs chapter 30. Uh, there's that prayer, give me neither riches nor poverty. You know, lest, me, lest I be rich and forget about the Lord, basically. Nor that I be poor and that I, you know, steal out of need and profane. Uh, the name of the Lord is is my gross uh, paraphrase, but um, it it all comes down to I get from Scripture this this attitude, um, this this idea about uh, the source of wealth. Uh, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter eight. Um, Um, where was I going to go? Yeah. Uh, let's pick it up verse 11 here. The Lord God, um, forewarning his people, Israel, about before they come to the land, uh, verse 11, Deuteronomy 8. Beware that thou forget not the Lord in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, that thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God. See, there's a there's a danger there when silver and gold are multiplied and flocks are multiplied and herds. There's a there's a danger. It's not a set in stone. You're going to forget the Lord. But lest thine heart be lifted up, um, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, and there was, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. 
But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to stay poor, no, to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. You know, he promised to Abraham and Isaac and and um, and Jacob and their descendants, you know, land flowing with milk and honey, and with you multiply their herds and their flocks and their silver and their gold, that he would bless in the land. But the important thing was they not lift up their heart and say, it's by my own power that I got this wealth. Um, he says, for it's the Lord that gives you this power uh, to get wealth. And again, the, 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 the wealth is amoral. It's, it's, it's there. And... And how the one that one that the attitude that one has toward it. Um, let's see. Good, we're doing pretty okay. Um, Luke chapter sixteen. Pop over there. The parable of the dishonest manager. He also said to the disciples there was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the count of your management, for you can no longer be manager or steward. I'm using the ESV here, because it just seems a little more clear to me than King James. Anyway, turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to him, What shall I do since my master is taking away the management from me? I am not strong enough to dig. I am ashamed to beg. I decided what to do so that I am removed from management. When I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. Anyway, I'm going to uh, skip that part and how he puts him on the good side with, you know, as he's exiting his stewardship, that he's um, uh, putting himself in, in good light with his master's uh, debtors. Anyway, verse 8, the master commended the dishonest ma manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourself by the means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. It's like, what the what? Um, he's a dishonest manager is commended. Not for his dishonesty, but for his his shrewdness, for his 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 uh, way of using using um, money to basically win friends, and so out of this parable comes this admonition. I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth. Does that mean you get it uh, unrighteously that you do? Um, you know, evil things, wicked things, ungodly things, unrighteous things to gain it? No, because if you're recognizing that God is the one who gives well, going back to Deuteronomy 8, uh, it's it's unrighteous in that how the world would use it, uh, uh, that you can use the wealth of the world to make friends for yourselves, so then when it fails, the King James says, when ye fail, 
and that it deals with the difference of verb in the uh, Greek manuscripts. The Textus Receptus, which I generally um, link to, is a second person verb, uh, and the and in the other other texts, minority but presumed older texts, it's a third person verb. So, but. But I think it makes sense here that it, it fails. Because if you fail, you're not going to end up in eternal dwellings. And, and the friends aren't unrighteous. Why would they be, you know, have eternal life? Eternal life comes only one way. And that is through faith in Yeshua, in Messiah, receiving him, believing and receiving him. Um, you know, God gave his eternal life. This life is in his son. He's the way, the truth, and life. And no man comes to the Father but through him. So it can't be the friends failing. It can't be you failing. It's the money fails. The unrighteous wealth, mammon, uh, is is temporary. It's It's not eternal. You know, money isn't eternal like the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> it's not it's not eternal either. That's gonna fail. Money is just for this world. Uh, you know, mortal life as long as it exists. But there's a potential for using it. Um you ever sent money to a missionary? Uh use money to buy Bibles or you know, other thing, bottles of water with your church you know, name label on it. You can use you know, wealth of the world uh, to make converts, uh, to make disciples, um, so that once that's gone, the money's gone because it's not around. What's what's eternal is eternal life. Uh, what's what's eternal is is our life in Christ and those things that we win to the Lord. So there's. There is the right attitude towards towards money and wealth. And all right, just a uh, yeah. I've just got I've just got one more okay. passage to look to. But if you want to, if you're going to lose your thought, well, sure. Yeah. So yeah, you know. Okay. So earlier, I said that I made about seven thousand dollars with Legal Shield. Yeah. Actually, it's closer to ten thousand dollars. All right, so, rolling the dough. Well, over here's the over thing. Two year period. Well, right? no, I started mid eighteen, right? <clears throat> Made nineteen hundred dollars. I'm rounding down here about nineteen hundred dollars in twenty eighteen. Twenty nineteen, I made a whopping almost forty three hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. So far this year, I've made thirty seven hundred. Okay. So, and what is this? April. It's April. I'm going to wait. I'm going to make, I'm going to definitely make more than I did last year. So my point is that you work, you get paid. And, um, you know, and, and what Randall said, all that stuff. So go back to you. <laughs> all right. Well, in, uh, well, in first Chronicles chapter 29, we read about the dedication of, well, it's, well, it's, it's just an offering for the for the temple. Um, you know, it wasn't the temple wasn't built until you know 
under Solomon. It wasn't under King David's reign, but under his son Solomon's reign that the temple was built. But there was an offering taken while David was yet king. And in Second Chronicles 29, you know, it starts out that way, that David the king said to the, all the congregation, Solomon, Solomon, my son, whom God had chosen, you know, he's, you know, he's going to build the temple, basically. And so there's, it talks about this great, all these precious metals and, and iron and brass and, and um, yeah, precious stones, um, huge, huge offering taken from people. Not taken from people, given by people, you know, taken out from those who willingly gave. And... And so as this great offering comes in, there is David's prayer of praise, beginning in verse 10, First uh, Chronicles 29, and I want to look at that. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, O God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee, and of thine own hand we given thee. Have oh, thine own hand have we given thee? Um, and there. Um, so that's it. You know, that's that's the right attitude. Uh, be it little or much, recognizing that God is, all belongs to him. Uh, everything in heaven and earth is his. Everything that comes, passes through our hands, we are merely stewards of. If we give anything to him, it's not like we gave it. We're just giving back that he has given us. That's it, been in his power. It's in his power to, to give wealth. Um I mean, was was Job an evil person? No, we. but you read about the great many things that he had. It was taken away, but it was also restored at the end, more than he had. And it's not like he got, he was wicked and evil and forgot God because he had all these things and, and, and God hated him so much, <laughs> you know, by the end of the book that he gave him more wealth so that he would be more wicked. No, it, he was rewarded for his faithfulness, and and but his mind was always on the Lord. And what was what did Job say? The you know the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, you know, um, our life is not about food and clothing and you know the things that we possess, because all of those things are temporary. Earthly possessions are temporary. Um, money is temporary and is just a means of exchange. So much more convenient than trading, you know, 
uh, trading a goat for a piece of clothing or whatever. Um, but all this to say that, you know, if we're thinking about, if you're thinking about, if I'm thinking about, hey, I'd like to get a new car, you know, evaluate that motive. Is that because, well, I deserve it? And I'll be would be comfortable, and I'll look so cool cruising down the road in this, and uh, be be nice, you know. It'd be be so much more comfortable my backside, and and you know, <clears throat> and I just love all the bells and whistles. <clears throat> or is it? Um, uh, you know, I want to be a good steward of the money. Maybe I'm putting too much into this thing. It's you know, it's a rust bucket. <laughs> And it would cost less to own a newer vehicle, not instead of brand new. I think brand new car off the lot—that's not a good investment. Right. But um, you know, a a newer vehicle, or you know, is it like I want to be good through this money? What can I do with this? You know, can can I drive kids to Sunday school? You know, what? You know, don't we ask and we have not because we ask amiss that we might spend on our own pleasures, on our own lusts. But with the right attitude of, you know, it's the Lord who gives the power uh, to get wealth. Um, yep. You know, the Lord giveth and taketh away. You know, anything we give, he's already given to us. We're just giving it back. But to have that mindset <clears throat> that what, how, what am I going to do for the kingdom? Right. Amen. You know, start, start with, okay, what, what would I like to do for the kingdom? Being... Dream big dreams for the kingdom, for God, for his glory. And then, you know, seek the provision to do those things. Rather than just seek the, you know, seek the provision and then think what, you know, you might do with it. Anyway. Amen. <clears throat> Back to you, Stacy Lynn. Back to me. Anyway, so there you have it, people. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, um, you know, the Bible talks about how the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. Indeed it is. And, but it also talks about how, um, well, you know, okay, here's, I'll just, you didn't touch on this, but this is actually something this young lady t touched on too. She's talking about, you know, these prosperity gospel teachers, you know, who, who, uh, you know, the, they basically lie, they pilfer, they steal, um, they, they're unethical, you know, and one of the things I shared with her, you know, about part of the reason why I decided to get into direct sales was because I do this show at the time I got into direct sales, we were doing seven days a week. Um, and we literally have a handful of people that donate to us. True. There'd be no way I could even pay my electric bill with the donations that we got coming in I mean on a consistent basis anything and Larry Allison who who um, I I look up to and I think he's a, a great man of faith he actually told me the reason why most ministries fail that are biblical is because people don't give to those ministries they just don't and that's why people leave um, my friend Dan Lacey devout Catholic guy who pro-life and everything he was in probably at least a thousand websites with his cartoon faith mouse years ago they wouldn't pay him for his work and he was producing a cartoon almost every single day so he decided he was going to become a painter of pancakes and 
start producing celebrity type portraits with pancakes and syrup coming off the head. And you know what? To this day, that's what he's doing because that's what he's getting paid for. You know, it, it's 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 like it's almost like you can't win. You know, nobody says to my friend, superhero paramedic, you know, Mia. Oh, my gosh, Mia, I can't believe you're making so much money or whatever as a as a superhero paramedic. You know, I can't believe they pay you that much, you know, you know, because you're, you know, because it's assumed there's value in what you do. You're putting your life on the line. You're rescuing people who are near death, you know, and they understand that value. But how much more eternal value when somebody and I'm not just saying me and Randall, I'm just saying anybody, you know, most churches, people, the, the giving in most churches is very minimal percentage wise to the church and the church could do a whole lot more if more people just gave to the church and then people get mad oh well you went ahead and decided to do this blah blah well okay you know that most churches are under a hundred people and those pastors that 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 pastor these churches have to go get a job someplace else because people won't give and it's like why you know if you're going there you think it's good enough for your time to go there then do that. I've had actually people who watch this show for years never donate and come to me and say, oh, I just donated a hundred bucks to your, to that guy you just had on your show who happens to have an international ministry. And I'm like, really? <laughs> so you just gave to a guy that already makes millions of dollars or, or at least tens of thousands. But to the little person, it's like, eh, right. I'm not going to give to you, you know? Um, I've had people promise me in this audience they donate, never have, but we're still here donating, right? I mean, and then we get bagged on, well, I can't believe you do that for a little. I'm like, really? Because, <laughs> really? You know, I, yeah. Anyway, so let that just be an exhortation to you, you know, give where you're getting fed, right? I don't expect everybody in my audience to give because I just know that's not how it's going to work. But, you know, if you're getting fed or something, then once in a while, donate because that encourages us. And, um, you know, if you want to buy our products and services, uh, now is a really good time given the fact that we no longer have an actual sponsor due to money issues there with that ministry as well. Um, so, you know, I don't do a, a raise-a-thon or... You know, none of that stuff. I don't do any of that. I just say, you know what? Look, if you if you like what we do, just give to to the show. You can give to through our website, biblenewsradio.com forward slash give. Um, and just, you know, God knows your heart. You know, I had somebody send me $5 recently in a card. And I know that person. I know their financial situation. And that $5 was the equivalent of a widow's mite. And God sees that faith, right? I mean, he, he sees it and he'll bless it. But then there's scoundrels out there that are going to go ahead and take the money. And basically, this is the point I was going to bring up was if people are out there, um, and, and I've studied enough people now who know how to make money, that generally this people with money, um, without money rather, are the ones in the biggest debt. Right. I mean, but they look like they have money. I remember when I went to this church in Brea, California, it was so many years ago. Me and Randall were, I think we were still living in an apartment at that point. 
I remember going to this woman's Bible study and going to this woman's house. The house was completely decked out. I mean, it had the latest everything. Um, everybody would come in in their best clothes, all made up. You know, it was like a business meeting or something. And I would be just like feeling completely out. I mean, I was wearing, wearing my raggy clothes, you know, my, my Kmart clothes, whatever it was. And it wasn't until many years later that I had an older woman in the church uh, share with me because she knew a lot of these people, just how bad the marriages were, how in debt and financially stressed they were, you know, and all that. And I'm like, huh, all right, well, that's good to know. All my friends locally that I know drive cars 13 years old like I do, you know, um, those who have expensive cars, those are the ones in debt because they're living above their means. Don't do that, you know? Don't don't do that, people. Look, trust the Lord with your money. He'll provide for you. And I was telling Randall this earlier tonight after I got done venting about this thing. Um, you know, when we came here, we literally stepped out in faith, literally, when we moved here. Randall didn't have a job. I had a job. And literally, I believe it was the day before we'd left and drove our car from California to Tennessee. The guy I'd been working for for like three years and who was paying me some good money to run all his social media and stuff decided, actually it was chaps, uh, he decided to run for Congress or a seat, a local council seat, um, and and basically said, I'm not going to need your services because I'm, I'm going a different direction. And we're like, okay, all right, well... Okay, so I have no guaranteed income. Randall has no guaranteed income. <laughs> Randall literally jumped into the uh, chamber of commerce and started getting to know people. Me, I was just trying to deal with life because it was it, it was a hard move. Um, and you know what? We've lived here now in this house for seven years. We we're still paying our bills generally aren't late on them unless we, you know, look at the, unless we misplace the bill or something and we pay it late. But, but, but we haven't missed a meal and God has always provided and he will continue to do that. So don't be afraid to out, try to out give God because you can't, God will always give you more than you even believe. I mean, we even had people here, literally some of our neighbors gave us gift cards to the grocery store because they they uh they found out that we had a need um you know and stuff so don't be afraid to watch god move on your behalf when it comes to money um you know and if you donate to us just know that the lord sees your heart and he i believe he appreciates it um and if you want to work with me with legal shield or anything else just let me know um, I believe the product that I have is a decent product. It's a good product. And uh, identity theft protection and getting a will done is, is important for everybody to get done. So uh, so with all that said, just want to say thank you. Thank you, everybody who supported us. And I also thank you for, um, you know, for praying for us and believing in us and trusting us uh, with the money and, you know, the resources that we give you. Um, you know, it's, it's really valuable. And if you're out there and you're discouraged, uh, let's say you're currently out of work because I know some people are. I know, uh, I suspect certain people that watch this show are. Even some of my associates who watch don't think I know they watch, but their picture still shows up and they watch. 
Um, you know what? I want to encourage you. If you are one of my associates, get out there and make a sale, right? Stop letting your fear control you and go and share what you have. Because you know what? Here's the thing. When you don't share what you have, you are depriving people of having the solution, you know, to a problem that they have, right? Um, you have a solution. Just like if you're not sharing the gospel with people, you're depriving that person that you're, you're too scared to share with, you know, possibly an eternity in heaven, because maybe you're that person that's supposed to share, you know, you just don't know. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> we're all going to have to answer the Lord. And, uh, I don't know about you, but I want the Lord to look at me and say, well done, Stace. You know, you did it. You trusted me. And, you know, look, look, this is, I'm, I'm happy. You know, I'm pleased with you. Um, cause in the end, that's frankly all that matters. Right? Right. I think, I think that's right. All right, people. Uh, pray for our cat too, by the way, just a quick prayer request for our cat Gideon. Um, you know, this morning we got up and he wasn't doing, being his normal self. Um, and he's got some, uh, skin thing going on and we called the vet and can't really get him in until a couple of days from now. Um, but he's still eating, but he was hiding and that's highly not like him. I mean, he's usually meowing his head off, demanding food, even if he's got a whole bowl, bowl of food sitting there. So, uh, those of you who are cat lovers, please pray for our cat. <laughs> And uh, I appreciate it. I'll let you know how he's doing because um, I'm a little bit worried about my baby. So just so you know. All right, people, that's it. Feel free to uh, comment, leave us messages wherever you're watching the show. And as I always say, be bold, stand up, people, and go with God because he loves you. Yeah, he does.